1: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door
0: with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Hi, this is Donnie Nelson, and you're listening to the Mavs
2: Step Back podcast. Like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all up by action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirkie the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, it get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30. Don't gotta ask him. Look at with the step back 30. Boy Chris Stabs looking like Duncan Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fit a gap on your team head and tuck our heads, stay or relax, till a the champ Deep is still coming with the gallopers flow, the mass of best on the float. I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the goat. This gang get cold. Yeah, you
0: might How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Alton Trig. I'm joined as always by my co-host in Dallas basketball on SI colleague Matt Gallatson. Matt, it was a busy week last week. Uh, we, you know, we did multiple podcasts. We had Donnie Nelson on at the start of the week. Uh, and, you know, he said that unless they were able to get an over-the-top piece, that they were just going to pick the best available players at number 18, number 31 in the draft. And sure enough, that's what they did. You know, they uh, we, we saw a report that uh, the Rockets tried to get Seth Curry – and both of their picks, number 18 and 31, uh, in exchange for Robert Covington, which, I mean, we both love Robert Covington, but, you know, that's an overpay in my opinion. So they did good by keeping, you know, those picks and then turning Seth Curry into Josh Richardson plus pick number 36, uh, Tyler Bay, who, you know, he could turn into something. But, Matt, we're going to start this one out by just talking about the Mavs' first two picks in the draft. Not Tyler Bay, but at number 18, they took uh, Josh Green. And then the guy that we're very interested in now, especially, you know, after we've had a couple days to look into his stats and, you know, watch his film and everything, we are very, very intrigued by Tyrell Terry. And (laughs) what's uh, what's your initial thoughts on Terry after you've been able to do a little bit more research?
1: Uh, he's a better shooter than Trey Young.
0: That's that's my takeaway, too. I literally, like, before – it was probably, you know, 30 minutes or so ago before we started this, I sent to our, uh, our Twitter DM with uh, Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball, and I was like, you know what? This is going to make y'all's night better. Watch this video that I send over and tell me what y'all think. And, I mean, it, it, it looked like Trey Young 2.0. But he just, he's a better shooter, at least, you know, comparing college stats. He shot four or 5% higher from three uh, than Trey did. His turnover rate is half of what Trey's was, which, given Trey's volume, was also obnoxiously high at uh, Oklahoma. But still, uh, he takes care of the ball better. He seems to be a better shooter. Honestly, Matt, he has like this this baby Seth Curry vibe to him, <laughs> which I think, if I remember correctly, I want to say uh, Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer kind of made that comparison too. So, I don't know. I'm really excited about Terry. He uh, The Mavs thought he was going to go in the top 20. Uh, that, that really great piece by Kevin O'Connor, I, I, y'all should all go read it if you haven't yet. But uh, before the draft, he was – talking about how Terry could, you know, potentially be a lottery pick. And that's because he was about 155 pounds before the draft combine. And then at the draft combine, he had added like 20 pounds of muscle (laughs) because he went on like a 4,000 calorie a day diet and uh, just like did everything possible to add more weight to his frame. And then by the time the draft combine – came he had increased his athleticism his strength he was doing between the legs dunks (laughs) so he's ready man i mean that that's one reason why he was you know rumored uh to possibly jump into that that lottery range or you know be a fringe lottery pick but he still fell you know it's a weird year they they didn't have march madness they didn't have uh you know, all the in person meetings and in person workouts that you normally have in a regular year. So you had guys like this that were gonna fall. And thankfully he fell to number thirty one and he looks like he is going to be a great player for the Mavs once he gets some playing time.
1: Yeah, um I wanna know what happened and why he fell. Um because from what I watched and the stats that I've seen he's like I, I I don't get it. Like he, he should have been easily top twenty as far as I mean, I'm concerned.
0: His size has to probably that probably has something to do with it. I would imagine. Well,
1: yeah, but I mean, look how tall, look how big Trey Young was. Look how big Steph Curry was. Like I know he didn't have the same hype coming out and everything, and he's probably not going to be as good as those guys. But I mean, that didn't hurt them too much. I, I mean, I get it. I guess, but if you really put on twenty pounds of muscle. I mean, who doesn't want a guy like that on their team?
0: Yeah, and I mean
1: – Shane Larkin went in the top 15, didn't he?
0: <laughs> That's a completely different situation. We're not going to – we're not going uh, to go over that one. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, look at the guy who went right before Tyrell Terry, Desmond Bain, who, you know, we all wanted at, at number 31.
1: We and, all is a strong term.
0: Well – you thought he was overrated for number 18 pick, but, I mean, at 31, he would have been a steal, too. I mean, that dude is good. Uh, but, you know, after looking into to Tyrell Terry, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know why guys don't see what O'Connor saw in this guy. <laughs> after watching. I don't
1: know. Uh, he's pretty smart, so. Um, and, look,
0: I... and look, it's not. Okay, so he shot 41%. Tyrell Terry shot 41% from three at Stanford. He shot 48% on catch and shoot threes, which is amazing. And he's a good finisher at the rim, too. He shot just over 60% at the rim. So, I mean, he he's a really good player. He's a good point guard, a good uh, a good offensive point guard, too. So, I mean, maybe it's his, you know, lack of defense you know, that the, the made him drop. I don't know, but I think he's well, going to They, they dropped
1: two field. other guys that are pretty good at defense, so I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, man, I'm excited. I. Looking at his college stats, he shot 41% from three, like you said. He was 89% from the line, 53.3 uh, 53.5% effective field goal percentage. 44% from the field overall. Trey Young, he beats him in every single one of those categories. Like, he beats Trey Young in every single one of those categories from Trey Young's college stats. He didn't score as many points. He didn't have as many assists. But I'm, I imagine he didn't shoot as much. <laughs> uh, Trey Young shot 19 times a game. Tyrell Terry shot 11 times a game. So, I mean, there you go. But look, it, I mean, it's exciting. It's uh, it's it's a younger, you know, less injury-prone Seth Curry, I think, and he could be much more than that. But I think that's at least what you're getting, and uh, he's on a cheaper contract, probably, isn't he? I don't know what a second round. I'm sh- I'm assuming he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's gonna um, be a cheap contract.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a second-round pick, so it's not going to be very much. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a great move. Yeah. Um,
0: after, after looking into him more, cause I mean, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know about him. And I had then,
1: no well, idea who he was. <laughs> I and,
0: and then I started, you know, reading more about him. I read a lot and then I started watching tape of him highlights and everything. And then I started looking at the stats and the advanced stats and I'm just like dude, <laughs> this guy is going to feast if he gets some minutes with Luca. And, you know, the Mavs need guys that, you know, how, how nice would it have been to have another guy in the playoffs this past year where if he gets a wide open three, you know there's a good chance he's going to nail it. It would have been great. It would have been amazing because I can't tell you how many times we saw Maxi Kleba or Dorian finney Smith have those opportunities, and then, you know, they just weren't able to deliver. So, or Tim Hardaway Jr., you know. I mean, as good as those guys are, I mean, they have their limits, and they go through cold streaks. And so, adding a guy like this, who the Mavs themselves thought would go in the top 20 and fell <laughs> more than 10 spots to them, it's exciting. And it's a condensed season. Uh, you know, every roster spot is going to matter this year and there's a chance that these young guys are going to get uh some some playing time. So and yeah, there you know, he's going to have some uh there's going to be a crowded backcourt because you know, you have Luka as your point guard. Uh no matter what NBA 2K tries to, you know, they always label him as a shooting guard. That's so annoying to me. I don't know if you <laughs> if you've noticed that, but you have Luka as your point guard. You have uh um, Tim Hardaway Jr., you have Jason uh, Jason, Josh Richardson, um, you have Trey Burke, who was re-signed recently, and you have Jalen Brunson, who'll be coming back from that uh that shoulder injury. So No other guards being re signed? Uh, it's not official with JJ Berea, and I know you have a rant about that here a little in a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> But, uh,
1: got a lot of stuff here in a little bit.
0: But look, I'll say this. I think that Tyrell Terry, out of all those guys mentioned, I think he has the best chance of taking Jalen Brunson's minutes because Brunson had a golden opportunity last year when Luka went out with his ankle injuries. Uh, and some you know, he played well for the most part, but he just crumbled down the stretch. And, you know, I, I just feel like this is going to be his moment. This is going to be the moment where Jalen Brunson's either going to stick, or he's going to end up being traded before the trade deadline, <laughs> and Tyrell Terry is going to take his place in the rotation. So,
1: um, and they're the same draft pick, aren't they?
0: So I mean, number
1: thirty-one.
0: I mean, pretty much. I think Brunson was thirty-three or thirty-four, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I think he was thirty-one. Maybe he was. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, basically the same. Anyway, yeah, I mean look, I I would rather they, they find a way to keep both. Um the more ball handling guards you have, the better, in my opinion. Um I mean it's you you saw at times last year what it was like when they didn't have enough of those. So I think that's kind of important an important, important thing to keep around. But um, you know, there's a couple other ones they could get rid of before before Brunson, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited to see what he does. Um, they added a bunch of shooters and a bunch of athletes in the draft, and
0: uh, and you know what's I, annoying to me? I was I was talking to uh I was talking to our guy Richard Stamen. He's at Mavs Drafts on Twitter. Uh, I was talking to him the other day about Josh Green and. We just it was very brief, but you know he said how how annoying it was that people were trying to make the comparison with Josh Green like they're trying to compare him to uh Justin Anderson in <laughs> and that pick from i think it was what was it twenty sixteen twenty fifteen I don't remember it's so annoying, but <laughs> this is not the same thing I mean, Josh Green is an athlete that you know justin Anderson wishes he was I mean he he's...
1: more accurate comparison would probably be the Bay guy because he's not as good of an athlete as as Josh green right. he's a lower pick and he's you know conference defensive player of the year older guy, like that's what Justin Anderson was,
0: yeah, and Josh green he's a guy that. You know, some people – I've seen people say, oh, well, you know, these rookies just aren't going to get minutes because Rick Carlisle hates rookies. That's not the case. Carlisle does not hate rookies. He just likes guys who accept accept their roles and play hard on defense. And that's not going to be a problem with Josh Green. You know, he's ultra-athletic, arguably the best athlete in the draft. Uh, He's already a very, very good defender. He said it himself. He enjoys playing defense, and he knows what his role is going to be. So, I mean, I think that's the that's the formula for getting minutes under Rick Carlisle. So, given his size, given his his athleticism, his shooting potential, and his defensive abilities that he already possesses, I think he's going to end up being a key rotation player for the Mavs this year in his rookie season. So.
1: You know, there are also veterans who Rick Carlisle doesn't play because they don't accept their role. Right. And they don't play smart. One of them just got traded. Yeah. Another one they brought back. uh, But he's not going to play very much, I don't think.
2: James
0: Johnson, you know, as as much as people – and I don't – I mean, we'll get into, you know, how you feel about the way the Mavs are – (laughs) <laughs> approaching offseason moves but overall this offseason has been a success. And I mean, I know it's not as sexy as what people wanted it to be, but even the shipping out Delon Wright and trading uh, Justin Jackson and getting a guy like James Johnson in return on an expiring deal you know, he's making $16 million. That's a little rich for James Johnson, but he's an expiring deal, so it doesn't matter. That's a useful guy. Getting him back for those two players you shipped out is a win. Yeah. And he's a tough guy, too. So, I mean, uh, our guy a, Mike <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Freaking black belt, dude.
1: <laughs> he, he's 7-0 and in UFC fights or – MMA which, fights or whatever you call them.
0: Which is incredible. You know, there's a lot of guys that are pegged as tough guys in the league. I mean, this guy lives up to the billing.
1: <laughs> I think he was also 20-0 and 0 as a kickboxer.
0: Unreal, dude. Unreal. And, so, I mean, look,
1: bring him, Marcus Morris.
0: So, he brings toughness. I mean, he's versatile. He can play the three or the four or even the five at times as a small ball five. Uh, he can shoot the three. He's a decent defender. Uh, I mean he he's gonna be one of those veterans. It's gonna be one of those sneaky moves, like you know when the Mavs traded for Deshaun Stevenson.
1: He can you know? do the flying Liu Kang kick from Mortal <laughs> Kombat.
0: <laughs> Especially if it's a you know to Marcus Morris, that'd be amazing. Um, uh, but uh, he's gonna be one of those sneaky pickups for the Mavs. I mean, his numbers might not be, you know. Unreal, but I mean, if you look at that last stretch he had with Minnesota after he was traded to Minnesota from Miami this past season, he averaged around fourteen, fifteen points a game <laughs> from from every game uh to the end of the season. I think it was about fifteen games or so. So, yeah, there's definitely something there, and I think he'll fit right in with what the Mavs are wanting to do. Uh, so,
1: yeah, I feel like every time I. Uh... I play 2K and I play against James Johnson. He scores like 30 points on me. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's it's him and uh I mean I mean something, right? Look, I like James Johnson. I do. I think it's a good move. Um do you want to go ahead and get into what I don't like?
0: Yes, because we we've already talked about Josh Richardson on the last pod. We think that's going to be a great addition.
1: Excellent uh,
0: addition. Excellent addition. I mean, he fits perfectly with Luca, um in that starting lineup. And overall, the Mavs offseason has been a win. The team has gotten a lot better. I mean, a lot better, a lot deeper. Uh, they have more potential now with the younger guys they added. But as far as their overall strategy, I know you have some thoughts on how they've approached this offseason, after the draft, that is.
1: Yeah. So actually, no. It kind of goes back to the draft. I, this whole thing that I want to say. I mean, it's not like long. It's just you know, give me a second here. So I approach. I'm approaching this off season as basically like a college semester, right? Yeah. So the midterm exam was the draft, and the final exam was free agency. So on, your, on, the, on the Mavs midterm, I think they got an A+. Plus. They studied really hard. They made all the right choices. They got an A+. Plus. I think they won the, the NBA draft, period. They, they did excellent, 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 excellent.
0: Well... <laughs> then free agency came. <laughs>
1: free agency, I think they got a C-. minus. Because there was a lot of things they could have done that would have, I think, really taken them over the top. In addition to what they did with James Johnson, that doesn't even have to change. They could have gone after Ibaka. They could have gone after Mark Gasol. They could have gone after – they could have been aggressive and gone after Bogdan Bogdanovich. Look,
0: we know for a fact they went after Gasol. That was was just a case of –
1: but they were being cheap because they didn't want to pay the tax, so they didn't get him. That's what I'm getting at. They weren't aggressive. They weren't aggressive enough. They made some smart moves by getting rid of DeLon and Justin Jackson, but the fact that this team still isn't willing to go over the tax to get better is just monumentally frustrating to me. Yeah. I don't understand it. And because, look, I've... look, if you average those two scores, Dalton, that's still a B. That's still good. Yeah, they still had a good off season, but that doesn't mean they couldn't have had a much better off season. So when people be when people message me on Twitter and they ask me, "Well, like, who would you have gone? What would you have done?" Look at all the players that got signed. <laughs> Just look at them.
0: Pick one. I think the one be aggressive. That's, Go get him. The one that sticks out to me is the jay crowder signing with phoenix jay crowder is another one (laughs) why not that's the one that's 10 million million dollars to phoenix well look the thing that the thing that i think annoys most people about about the uh the jay crowder thing and i'll be honest it it kind of annoys me too because i just don't understand why i know some people are saying oh well they you know they had cap space last year and they basically only had the MLE this year but but hear me out so last year after they failed in free agency they were willing to pay DeLon Wright 27 million dollars over 3 years that's the contract they gave him yet from what we've heard they didn't want to commit more than 2 years to Jay Crowder this year and I don't know this for certain, but I'm pretty sure they wanted it to be like a one plus one deal like what Willie uh, Colley-Stein re-signed for. You're not gonna You're not gonna get a guy like Jay Crowder by offering him a one plus one with a team option (laughs) for less than, you know, the full MLE. They could have offered him cheap. Yeah. They could have offered him the full three years three years the full amount for the m l e, and who knows maybe maybe Jay Crowder still has a thing against Dallas for trading him away the first time you know he's it's been said by him before that you know he thinks he wasn't or he thinks the Mavs thought that he wasn't good enough to play there, so they traded him, so maybe he still holds a grudge and he wouldn't have you know come anyway, but the fact remains that the Mavs don't want to commit to long term money this off season when they committed to long term money last off season. <laughs> and then like our like Josh Bowe, he's an, he's another uh, editor at Mavs Moneyball, he pointed out uh on Twitter last night that the Mavs literally just proved how easy it is to move off of bad salary. <laughs> They just moved off of Delon Wright's remaining two years. He's being overpaid, and got an expiring contract back for him, and also traded Justin Jackson. So, uh, I mean, they just proved how easy it was. Yet they're still not willing to commit to it because you know, plan powder and chasing Giannis.
1: (laughs) That's that's the other thing. How many times are we gonna have to go through this same bullshit with them planning ahead? for an off season when there is literally everything to risk and nothing to gain like think about it you're one move away and one move being a, a super max that almost nobody ever ever turns down very rarely do they turn down a super max you're you're betting that he's going to do that and you're you're handcuffing yourself. Yeah. And look, and somebody going up- out and signing Willie Cauley-Stein to another deal. And Trey Burke was great in the playoffs. I'm glad to have him. Sure. But, and then they're talking about giving a doll, even a dollar to J.J. Barea. I just don't understand. <laughs> it's just like Jay Crowder would immediately come in and be a very important piece to the team and make them better. Yeah. Why is that so hard for them to do? If they had even done that, I don't care if they would have signed Ibaka. I don't care if they would have signed Marcus Hall. I don't care if they would have signed anyone else. If they had just done that, I would have been happy and I would have called it a win. But they
2: can't even do that.
0: Yeah. That's all they're thinking about at the moment is, you know, they're letting future cap things? Huh?
1: Sorry for yelling.
0: No, I mean, yeah, you. I, I mean, I get it. I get. It. There's a lot of fans that are that are frustrated. Uh, there's a lot of people that are frustrated with how the Mavs are approaching this. Uh, you know, when Giannis, you know, I, I wrote a piece on DallasBasketball.com. It posted earlier today uh, about how literally Giannis taking his pen and signing his name—that just that simple act could just completely flush all of this down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, what the map planning on? It, uh,
1: it, it, it was almost done before that because if it wasn't for the Bucks being idiots, they would have Bogdan Bogdanovich and Drew Holiday together, and Giannis there would be no chance of him leaving. Yeah, and that that almost happened before all this. so It was already almost all for naught, and then just because the Bucks were stupid enough to get caught doing whatever they were doing, I don't even know what they did to be honest, but. Just because they were dumb enough to get caught and this thing fell apart, like you're still gonna continue? You're yeah. still gonna go down that road?
2: How, how does that make
0: sense? And look, we we know we have a a good sense that the Mavs are doing all that they're doing in preparation for making a pitch to Giannis next offseason. Now that being said, if for some reason Giannis uh, does sign his extension or he decides to re-sign or even go somewhere else in free agency, there's still, like, there's going to be some great names on the market next offseason. But – now. What's that? For now. Yeah, for now. Uh, But, you know, like we've talked about many times before, you need to go and get your, your good players now. You know, the guys you actually have a shot at now who will definitely make the roster better. It'll increase your chances of winning. Go get those guys right now. And then worry about the other stuff next offseason. Like, say, say Paul George becomes a free agent. And, uh, you know, you want to go after him. You know, you can create if you get a yes from Paul George or anybody, you can create the space necessary at that moment. <laughs> Saving cap space is useless. I mean, very when I don't know of any time, which I guess maybe you go back to LeBron and the Miami Heat. You know, they, I believe, they had a enough. Saved up to where they were just able to sign him outright. I mean, I'd have to go back and check that, but I think that's correct. Um, but other than that, I mean, you look at all this, you know, Jimmy Butler last offseason, <laughs> Miami capped out and they still found a way to turn, you know, to flip Josh Richardson and uh, I think another piece or two over to Miami. And Miami was able to sign Jimmy Butler to a max contract.
1: Let's be honest, Dalton. That's the only example you need. Yeah. That's literally the only one. Right. Nothing else matters. Because Jimmy, Butler knew,
0: Jimmy Butler knew he wanted to go to Miami, and he made it happen.
1: <laughs> Miami was screwed with cap space. Nobody thought they'd be able to do anything. And then they just went and signed Jimmy Butler and did a sign of trade, and then they played in the NBA Finals. But come on. You no,
0: know, This is, this is kind of getting off track a little bit, but you know what annoys me? how Miami players help Pat Riley out. Just to give you an example, and again, I put this in my piece earlier today too, but look at the rookie class, or the rookie class, look at the class that has Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell. All three of those guys have signed max contract extensions within the last couple of days. You know who is also in that group and deserves a max contract extension after helping his team get to the NBA finals?
1: It and might arguably the best of that group.
0: And might probably be the best of that group and still hasn't signed one yet? Bam Adebayo. <laughs> and you know that he hasn't signed it yet because Miami is also fixated on Giannis 2021. If I was Adebayo, I would, you know, put them to the fire. <laughs> I'd put them to the fire and say, look, give me my money or, you know, I want to be. Trade tra- me to
1: Dallas. What? Give me my money or trade me to Dallas.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I take that too. <laughs> we'll give you James Johnson back.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. Like if he lets Miami get away with without giving him his money, in his long-term financial security and he has to play on like a, a one his last year of his deal and become like an unrestricted free agent next offseason that's going to be horrible you know don't risk getting an injury and having that ruin just because pat riley thinks he can get whatever he wants when he wants it make them give you that max contract extension and eat up some of that potential cap space <laughs> that they're gonna have uh set to have next offseason. But anyway, I got off track there, but well no, it's still on track
1: because it, it it's 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 the same thing. There's no reason he shouldn't do that because he needs to get paid. Yeah. But if Giannis says, "Hey, I want to go to Miami." That's a, a they can just that's like a really attractive piece they can give back to the Bucks in a sign and trade. Right.
0: To get Giannis. Because Giannis and Adebayo, you know, it, it's similar player types, you know. So, I mean, that – I mean, ideally, Pat Riley's probably thinking like, oh, how can I keep all these guys?
1: <laughs> but, you know, I knew, this, I knew this free agency was just going to go to the absolute crap from the minute it kicked off because literally the first thing that happened was that Drogic went back to the heat. That's yeah. literally the first deal that
0: was it was the first deal announced. I felt so sorry for you matt like i I tweeted
1: that video of <laughs> that you made of 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 the raccoon with my face on it with playing the music for Drogic.
0: oh man I it literally I thirty that. seconds
1: later that deal went through
0: like, yeah i I had literally tweeted out like you know if uh if the Mavs end up signing. Signing Drogic, you have to put on that, that shirt that I mailed you. For, for, for the people who don't know, I sent Matt a shirt that had Luca and Goran Drogic on it and they're fist bumping, and it had the Mavs cat screaming right above them. It's an amazing shirt. Matt, you should post it anyway. But <laughs> I wear
1: it all the time.
0: But, uh, I mean, I, I, as soon as I sent that and as soon as you uh put that video out, that was the first one announced. And I I I was like, well, this isn't going to go well for Matt. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look, it, the Mavs, they – we use Giannis as an excuse. But, like you mentioned earlier, ever since this new CBA has been implemented and, you know, going back to 2011, the Mavs haven't been in the luxury tax once. And I don't think that's coincidence. And, you know, Cuban says that them getting close to the luxury tax doesn't affect their decision-making, but actions speak louder than, louder than words, you know, (laughs) like, it, it's it's very obvious to me that they don't want to or, – or Mark doesn't want to go into that luxury tax unless it's just a complete over-the-top Giannis Antetokounmpo type of star, which I think is a mistake when you have a chance to get a guy like Jay Crowder or overpay to get Serge Ibaka – you know, something like that that could, you know, potentially get you closer to pushing over the top a season before you go and chase Giannis. So, uh, I don't know if that's ever going to change. Uh, like I said, I I mean, I I don't know if that's the only factor, but I do think it, it is a factor in why the Mavs have these approaches. Because if the Mavs have cap space and say they miss out on Giannis and, uh, you know they don't go into the luxury tax, and they spend a little bit of money here and there, but they don't use it all. Uh, kind of like they did last off season. That saves Mark Cuban some money. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I don't want to say. I don't want to say Cuban's penny pinching. <laughs> you know, because I mean, obviously he'll spend some money if he needs to. It's just been so long since he's done that. You know. At what point does he start to, you know, not care as much about the luxury tax? Look at the Warriors. (laughs) It's not like they they don't already
1: make enough money, man. It's not like they don't already make enough money.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean.
1: Chances are you have to pay the luxury tax.
0: Take full advantage of having Luca on a rookie deal right now because that max extension for him is coming.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it is.
0: It's coming up soon, so they need to uh, they need to go ahead and do whatever they have to do. You know, if they get to next off season and say Giannis isn't a thing anymore, and they still don't spend money, you're gonna have a lot of people rioting <laughs> in Mavs land. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, look it it's been a good off season. There's obviously some things that you know, we've been frustrated with, but it's been a good off season and the season is coming up super quick. We're, we're less than a, let's see, what's the date today? Less than a month away. Yeah. We're less than a month away. That is crazy.
1: Look, I said it about midway through the podcast. They passed, they got a B. Yeah. But they should have gotten an A. Yep. Even if they had gotten a B and Free agency, they would have had a they would have had an A for the offseason but they just had to go do the same piddlefoot crap that they always do. Yeah, and I just I don't get it. It's I'm gonna be fuming for the next month.
0: Yeah. Well, as far as the draft stuff goes, I think that probably turned out uh, better than what. That's probably the other aside from the Luca draft. That's probably the best draft they've had. Since getting Dirk, <laughs> and no, I don't. No, that's
1: that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true.
0: Yeah, so I think if they, At least I'm if the Mavs didn't have an, you know, we know that they were interested in the, uh, they inquired about Zach Levine, a guy who I desperately wanted the Mavs to trade for, but the Bulls were were resistant to trading him, and honestly. I think that's probably for the best because you added three more guys in the draft and you got Josh Richardson and that's more assets for you to have later on. You know, if you get close to the trade deadline and something comes up and say you've given minutes to some of these other guys and uh, you know, an opportunity like that comes up, you have more ammo to make a big time trade like that. But on the other hand, after I've looked into these guys more, I also feel like you know, the Mavs might have something really special uh, cooking in house too. So I'm really excited about it. I'm I'm ready to see how this season goes. Uh, I'm ready for KP to get get healthy. Uh, I mean, and I know I know you're not big on Willie colley Stein, you know, as far as you know the player, but I really think. Given how he played before the season was suspended last year, I think he's gonna do well at the start of this season. He's put in a ton of work um he's gonna have a golden opportunity now if he if he goes out there and he doesn't uh produce, then you know that's probably his last chance. But I think he's put in the work. I think he's gonna get the opportunity he's gonna to continue to uh, you know build chemistry. And instead of coming off the bench, he'll get a chance to uh, to play with Luca, and Luca makes everybody better. And I think he'll be you know just fine until KP comes back. So,
1: hey Dalton, can I ask you a question before we sign off? Hit me. And I don't I don't mean this to be like condescending or anything. It's a legitimate question. Um, now that Justin Jackson is gone and that island is closed and been bombed and has sunk into the ocean. (laughs) Is Willie Cauley Stein your new island? Because I think that's a a much better investment of a a, a property. I'm just curious.
0: I don't know. I don't think – I don't – here's my thing. I think Willie Cauley Stein is good enough to where the island thing doesn't you know, it doesn't have the same pizzazz. You know, <laughs> you know the Justin Jackson thing. That was that was always very wishful thinking. You know, it was uh, it was something that we all kind of knew wasn't going to happen, but it was nice to envision it happening. So I guess if I had to have an island guy, it might be that uh, I Iwundo or how
1: do you Westa Iwundo
0: West Westa Iwundo.
1: <laughs> whatever I don't know I'm I guess sure. we have a, a one <laughs> island yeah that's another move they made I completely forgot about it that's how good it was
0: <laughs> yeah yeah he uh I mean let's be honest he he's probably he might just end up being a camp invite but if it comes down to him and JJ Berea, I think you definitely give it to to a one do
1: <laughs> I didn't even get to to uh to do my thing on J.J. I might save that for later just to save myself from getting ratioed by all the team first locker room leadership. No, I,
0: I think everybody – for the most part, I think everybody gets it at this point. We want J.J. Barea back. We just don't want him back as a player.
1: <laughs> right. The fact that people think it makes a difference, since he literally is just coming off the floor, whether or not he's has a jersey on or a suit on, just bother boggles my mind.
0: And I honestly, to be completely honest, I think the Mavs think are thinking the same thing. You know, I think they'd rather have him back as a coach this next year. It's just that JJ Berea doesn't want to call it quits on his playing career just yet. So it's kind of like, <laughs> and that's fine.
1: Like, he has every right to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a reason the NBA is a business and not this big family powwow.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, I think I saw Brad Townsend say something about this the other day, and I thought he put it really well when he said that, you know, even if they have to make that business decision not to bring Berea back, because I don't think that's official yet, if, it, if they do let him walk and he wants to try it, you know, for one more year playing, you know, maybe go somewhere like the Lakers or another contender just to be an end of the the bench kind of guy. If he wants to try and do something like that, that's fine. And then he'll have an open spot on the coaching staff next year or the year after, or whenever he decides to hang it up. So he doesn't. It's not like if they don't bring him back as a player that he's completely done with the Mavs forever. He'll be back.
1: He'll yeah, be back you know as an
0: assistant coach.
1: <laughs> that people are worried about the the oh, but he's Luca's friend and all this. Stuff. It's like they already got a guy to replace that to be to be honest. Yeah. His name's Bobon. Yes.
0: If they so, did anything to with with Bobon, I think everybody in Dallas would riot.
1: <laughs> i I would burn the AAC to the ground if anything happened to Bobon.
0: Bobon is probably more untouchable than uh than most of those bench guys, so <laughs> you
1: know what, what they should what the Mavs should have said? is that we we are willing to trade anybody in our roster not named Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis and Bobar Marjanovic. Yeah. That would have made more sense. Yeah. But I, again, they didn't really trade anybody but Delon Wright and Justin Jackson. So what are we even talking about?
0: Yeah. That's all they did and I mean, look, that we we kind of figured that Delon Wright was going to get, you know, shipped off somewhere after, you know, his brother last season started talking about him not getting enough playing time, even though DeLon wasn't producing when he did get playing time. Uh, So they, uh, you kind of figured that something was going to happen there. And sure enough, the Mavs ended up getting off his long-term money and adding a guy like uh, James Johnson, who figures to be a key role player for this upcoming season. So it's super exciting. There's a lot to get excited about. Uh, I mean, I, I'm still fixated on Tyrell Terry. I've got his, I've I've got like his highlights pulled up on my computer screen right now, <laughs> just watching it. So I'm going to continue to just, you know, drool over these uh, over these ideas that I have for these guys going into the season and how they might mesh with Luca and all sorts of good things. So we'll see how it goes. But Matt, we're gonna take off here. Is there anything else you want to say before we before we leave?
1: No, I'm pretty sure everybody's already like, God, this guy just shut up. <laughs> I'm so mad.
0: He's I think so a nervous. lot. I, I think a lot of people probably feel you know the same way you do about it, and I think it's good to get it out instead of just keeping it all pent up inside. So I don't think you have anything to worry about there. But I'm
1: not really that worried.
0: <laughs> but I'm always
1: anyway. for that.
0: Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. Uh, Be sure to rate our podcast and subscribe on all of your favorite platforms. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a review. That helps us out a ton, and we really appreciate it. We appreciate y'all coming in and listening every single week. We hope every one of you have a great Thanksgiving holiday, and we will see you afterwards. We're going to have our guy, Kirk Henderson, come on with us, Uh, a few days after Thanksgiving or that following Monday uh, to talk even more about this Mavs off season and what to expect the season right around the corner. So
1: he probably agrees with me too. What now? I said, he probably agrees with me too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're probably going to have some more yelling on that one too, but we appreciate it guys. Y'all have a great rest of the week.
2: Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's These days I'm about my chips like a bag of Lay's I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame? Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar Excited at the idea of being a true baller Riding in the Benz, a copper impala Feeling like I made it, now they tryna holler This how we thinking life's supposed to be Media keeping all my friends close to me Feeding me all the lies and propaganda in my eyes I've been here forever, they thinking that I just arrived Now step back and go on more of a lady. I treat this rap game like it's target practice And I ain't even got to aim my I seeing headshots just for saying my name? Now I'm 18, they say I'm acting different Labels call my phone, but I'm lacking interest Ain't talked to my friends in a while Ain't smiled like this in a while I'm out. Take a step back, reminisce about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Cross over doing step backs in a pair of J's These days I'm about my chips like a bag of Lay's I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame do anything for a dollar. I'm going to stay patient because I know God promised me a lot. Remember when we used to wish to be grown until we got out on our
1: own. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings